Rewinding. Rewinding Kaya FM on FM Rewind. Good evening to you. Good evening to you and welcome to the Law Report. My name is Michael Matoning Bill. It's good to be with you this evening. What do I have in store for you? I have the uh, MMC for Development Planning, uh, Councillor Ruben Masango, and he's going to be taking us through some of the developments that are happening in your city, the city of Johannesburg, that is, and we're going to be talking about the... Uh, Everything that you need to know. There's a lot of news happening around the Johannesburg CBD where buildings are being sold. There's a lot of um, uh, uh, things happening around spatial development. What can be erected? Um, what what can you build on your property? What can't you build? What can we expect? To, how can we expect the city to look in a couple of years? So these are the discussions that um, uh, we're going to be having this evening. So if you have um, any questions for any of my guests, whom I'll introduce uh, very shortly, uh, you can give us a call 86 959 That's our show tonight. Know your rights, know the law. The Law Report with Michael Matuining Bill. All right, once again, do give us a ring if you have an interest in property. Uh, you, do you give us a call or otherwise just listen because I think uh, whether you have property or not, you want to hear what your city is doing and what your government is doing insofar as matters that pertain to your area and um, and will unfold it as, as as the night progresses. So do give us a call 86 You can also tweet me. I'm at Matoning Bill. That's my Twitter handle. Uh, let me introduce my guests uh, starting with Councillor Ruben Masango. Um, he's the MMC for uh, Development Planning uh, 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 MMC, good evening to you and thank you so much for joining us. Thank you so much uh, for having us and uh, greetings to the listeners at home as well. And um, the MMC is accompanied by Ms. Heather Trumbull. She's a Chief Plans Examiner in the Building Development Management uh, and f- I'm going to call it BDM for the rest of the night, um, Directorate for Development Planning. Heather, good evening and so, uh, thank you so much for talking to us this evening. Good evening. Thank you for having us. Uh, and then uh, Mr. Joseph Geduld, uh, is, that, is that right? Correct, yes. So my Afrikaans uh, wasn't, didn't go to complete waste. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Joseph Gedilt uh, is the law enforcement officer in the planning law enforcement in the LUDM directorate. Uh, so, so welcome to you, uh, Mr. Gedilt. Thank you. And um, uh, 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 sorry, my script throws me off a little bit. You'll forgive me because I was expecting to have Mr. Leban Naidu, but I don't. Um, can, can I ask you to introduce yourself? Oh, my name is Lebo Thomasua. Thank you so much. And he's the acting assistant directorate, indeed. Thank you so much uh, for joining us this evening. I, I suppose um, the, 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 the starting point and somewhat of, 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 a, of a very general starting point, um, uh, MMC, um, there are developments that are happening in the property space. Uh, there's the a development scheme that when we last spoke to one of your um, uh, colleagues, um, uh, uh, Julius, he, he told us something that was still to come. Where are we in so far as that scheme is concerned? Yes, thank you so much. As a city, we, my department in particular development planning is tasked with dealing with issues of around spatial planning in the city, mm-hmm. which also includes us looking at the future of the city, how we want the city to look. To look. And also it, uh, it talks to us dealing with the spatial inequalities of the past. And in so doing, and in so doing, in addressing some of these challenges, we have been in a process that have taken a little bit of some time, creating policies that assist us as a citizen to go forward. One of the policy, one of the processes that we've embarked on was the land use uh, scheme. 
in the city of Johannesburg, we had different about 16 different schemes that were there mm-hmm. and that made it very difficult uh, for our officials and our law enforcers to really go all around in the city applying to 16 different schemes and when we have one Johannesburg uh, with different schemes it's not an ideal situation mm-hmm. so we had gone through that process uh, to have uh, that scheme correlated and have one scheme uh, which has promulgated now in february first of feb so in the city of Johannesburg now we have one scheme that will operate in the entire in the entire city of Johannesburg. Whether you talk of and that scheme had to take into cognizance the different types of the rights that were given in those particular areas. So we had to try and find balance as best as we can. Mm. And one of the things that we also developed on also well to, to look into other policies as well to talk to what we see that because we can see development is happening all over the city. We then say that have this inclusionary housing policy that specifically deals with issues of special inequality to say that how do we bring people closer to work environment work opportunities where they will previously will not be able to afford to stay in those places so we've introduced what is called inclusion housing policy that talks to specifically to those issues to say that when you are building units 20 and above 30 percent must be allocated to affordable low-cost uh, accommodation so that's a new policy that is also has been passed through cancer. Mm. And we've got one that is still yet to come through cancer because we understand that as we do densification, because the city's vision is to densify closer to work environments because we want people to stay and work in close work environments and to deal with issues of of of, of, tra- of uh, transport mm. because we can see in the morning people stay far away from place of work opportunities they travel in the morning so we want to bring them to uh, closer to those spaces because then productivity also comes into play there because people become uh, close stay with their families L- less time spent on the road precisely so mm. and then the last other police that you're expecting to have it uh, uh, through council soon, we've been engaging with various communities. It's called a Noda Review Policy. Mm. That policy seeks then to say that because we are talking of densification, this policy is enhancing in what is there. So, if it, issues of environment are issues that we still consider, issues of heritage are still we consider. But this policy then assists us to look and say, if we develop this area, what is it that is needed in this area? Like issues of infrastructure. We then say we focus on how we bring infrastructure, we upgrade infrastructure in those in those places. Is, uh, issues of uh, recreational facilities, whether you need just because open spaces, because if you bring people in close to proximity, that means that now must now focus in that present or in that area to see what more is needed in that area and to allow people to share their spaces because as a department we also say that we have to build social cohesion and the inclusivity because everyone in the country spoke speak of inclusivity so these are policies that assist us to look into some of those things so that's what we are doing and as a city we can't then sit and just allow development to happen we must also be thinking of the future how what city do we want to see in the future we don't want to see a street that is, is continuously sprawled in the periphery of the city we want to bring people closer to the inner city so the dollar review will talk especially to those issues where then it allows us to spend our limited budget in those areas to upgrade those infrastructures so 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 i mean when we talk about density i would understand density for example to be in the big cities like new york etc where there's multiple skyscrapers is that what we're having in mind so when you started off you talked about how how the city is envisaged into the future just to sort of paint a picture for me are we seeing the in order to densify the city are we seeing more skyscrapers uh, is sort of you know i guess i'm inviting you to 
paint a picture for me. Yes. What we're looking at, remember, we started with what is called TOTs, Transit Oriented Development. So our developments, we're driving developments along particular corridors where the backbone of those developments must be public transport system. So we're trying to build a city where there's more public transport system. However, we will not prescribe to the developers the, the types of development that, that they can do. Mm. But then remember, then the density also talks to the rights afforded to those particular areas. So we find that in particular areas are located a number of rights. So whether it's a skyscraper, whether it's two dwellings, whatever it's allowed to happen in those places. But then we're saying that we then allow more densities on those particular corridors mm. because we've been focusing mainly in the past few years on those particular corridors now we're moving to say that uh, as we identify the corridors what are these other areas where there are job opportunities where we can also allow densification mm. so that's where we're focusing now as a city to say that uh, uh, we we then bring these policies to assist us because you can see mid-rent sentin development is all going mm. and we can't as a city fold our arms and let developers do as they please that's why we had to bring this inclusionary policy to say that as you continuously develop we don't stop you from developing but consider what we want as a city so when you bring these people closer to these places you can allow you to give you a little bit of densification to address these issues that we seek to achieve and bring people closer to one another and closer to work opportunities so you mentioned uh, your uh, inclu- inclusionary housing policy yes and, and 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 that's something that's quite appealing i mean we know for example how we all work in the city but have to get trains and Precisely. buses and, and 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 that sounds you know like something that you know many of us would certainly welcome yes um the the question is when we're talking about this 30 percent, i think that's the number that you mentioned that where a development would have to have that middle income when we talk middle income what are we talking about what's middle income are we talking um you know in terms of rands and cents because i would also imagine the, the middle income would cater for one group but would probably exclude another group which is you know I, I guess in, in NASA's terms, the, the missing middle, or in this case, you you know, I'm thinking, can we expect to see RDPs in Santon and in Waterfall and in four ways? Yes. Remember what I said that we we controlling the developments. We not um, we not prescribing. Mm-hmm. So development it's still ongoing. And this particular policy, what's good about is that it is introduced about four different categories of this particular. Uh, uh, different uh, scales of mm. where we allow this inclusion housing. The 30%, the first portion of it, it talks to what you're asking me about of the income. Mm. We're looking at housing's, uh, housing income of about 5.7, if I'm not mistaken, if my colleagues are... Uh, 5,700. 5, 5,700. Mm. And we're looking at capping the rental to about 2.1 mm. in the region of 800 to about 8.1. Mm. And mm. we've if you might remember, we've even released some certain properties in the inner city. It's still towards this process of rejuvenation in the inner city. And we've got developers already that are committing to having rental amounts of about of 900 rents. Mm. 
in that in one of the buildings mm. that we've just released in the inner city. Mm. Because what we have found. So for a whole family, this is not student accommodation that we're talking about. It's in fact, you're touching something that is very exciting to me because mm. soon I we'll can be, see your face uh, uh, <laughs> light up. <laughs> yes, soon we'll be dealing with issues of student accommodation. There's a big project that we're dealing with in the city towards addressing the student accommodation issues. But uh, maybe let me just not take the thunder now. At some point, particular time, yeah. it's a big present that we're looking at as a city because we're also considering we're concerned about student accommodation issues. So we're also looking at how to bring affordable student accommodation, but that's a, a, a discussion of another day. Mm. But again, just also to come back on the different categories that are there on the inclusionary housing aspect, we've got a calculator that has been developed by our department mm -hmm. that will assist developers in terms of calculating the various scales of, of, the, of the how do you comply with the requirements of the inclusionary housing. But also, one other thing that we're looking at, we're saying that even the properties themselves, when you're building, the options, not necessarily because, as, you, as you, of course, you know that uh, it will not all of these properties will be very, very low. Mm. What we are trying to do is that for people who might afford to stay, but at a particular moment do not afford, let's say for a property in Centine goes at the region of two million, mm -hmm. we are saying that allocate 30 percent of, 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 of inclusionary housing to be at one million for instance mm. so half that price so uh, people who will not afford to stay will now be able to to get into that space and we are saying that uh, in other category the size of the property might be smaller than the other side size of the units but when you look at that building from the outside it must not demonstrate show the different sizes but you must look at that building as in one building and on top of that then the amenities that are involved in those spaces must be shared uh, with the all the residents within the community within these communities. So that's the way we are trying to build it, to 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 bridge this gap of uh, of the haves and the have-nots in the in the city because we can't continuously have a development in the city skewed in one direction where the where the wealthy stay on their own and when when the the the, the, the disadvantage still stays in the periphery of the inner of the of our city. So that's what we are trying to. It, with this it, it, it seems, and 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 you know, and and I don't mean to in any way sound pessimistic, but it, 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 it seems um, that the inclusion would 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 be a great idea. But I'm wondering in my head whether other other infrastructure would follow, i.e., schools. You know, would we have, for example, in a in a big development node, um, the development itself, which would be for residences, but yes. would we then have mechanisms or are there mechanisms that would make sure that even schools that are yes. developed around that area cater for both markets that's why i remember when i said earlier when i started the discussion i said that we, this is a set of policies i i'm grateful for this opportunity that we have been given so that you can explain these things mm. to our residents because there seems not to be a proper understanding out there we are developing a a pool of policies that talks to one another mm. we are not just bring desification in the in a vacuum indeed so we started with the land use scheme that deals with one rights in the inner in the city in the entire city of Johannesburg, so that when our law enforcers go out, they know one rights one one law applies in the entire city. It becomes easy to do enforcement. We moved to this policy that we're talking about of inclusion housing. Now we've got another review policy that specifically talks to those issues mm -hmm. because there's so much work has gone into that nodal review policy that. We now only talk of the output of it, but what it went into it is so detailed because it looks at the issues, as I was saying earlier. What are we saying to open spaces? 
how do we focus on infrastructure how do we use our limited resources to upgrade that infrastructure because there are areas with less densifications we've got huge infrastructure that is available in those areas and underutilized and underutilized mm -hmm. so we need to then maximize on those and we are so that if we do not plan properly we'll continuously have what's happening in these places the mid-trend and all of them where so many developers flock their spaces and we're not planning accordingly so this what the challenges that we are seeing now are because of the lack of planning so we've said as a city let's go ahead and plan the nodal review in particular is the critical one that will assist us in all of this exposure of the amount of work that went in there the schools has been looked into the clinics in fact when i engage with developers now i even ask them that when they go with this big housing developments what have you what land or what aspect of your property have you allocated for clinics and all of those things they are so willing to come on board so these things must be then linked with a proper spatial planning that's what we are dealing with because we what has been plaguing the city this the inequality that has been there in planning of the city is what is causing these problems because if you don't plan properly this is what is going to happen because people want job opportunities and yeah. then they start to come to these places they start to have squatters in those places because they want to be closer to work environment mm. and when you look around you can see that the rent the renters that people are paying they're paying about two thousand three thousand even more but now if they have got decent accommodation in these places assisted by infrastructure assisted by schools assisted by clinics it's a better planning productivity also works even better because people are staying with their families they are able to see their children after work productivity becomes something that assists the economy to grow even well i'm in conversation with the mmc for development planning uh, uh, councillor ruben masango um, as well as uh, heather trumbull um, uh, joseph Redelt, as well as uh, um, and we're talking everything about your city so if there's any questions that you have for any of my guests do give us a call 86 we're going to take a break and when we come back we continue our chat know your rights know the law the law report with michael matuening bill Welcome back. Do give us a ring if you have any questions regarding spatial development, anything that relates to a building that you want to acquire or develop or a site that you want to develop. And, and also quite of, of, of personal interest is also what's happening in the Johannesburg CBD um, around opportunities that, that exist for Afropolitans. You'll remember on the previous occasion, I was quite passionate about the topic to say, please, you know, take advantage of some of these things that are happening because we don't want to um, be sitting 10 years from now and saying um, Afropolitans don't have a stake in 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 their own central business district and and i th i thought i thought that some of the initiatives that are coming out are a perfect opportunity for, for some of us to to participate so i i implore you to 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 participate but also invite you to ask any questions that you might have that will better um, enable you and empower you to be able to understand how you can um, access some of these opportunities that present because as you can hear there's a lot of activity happening around uh, um, excuse me reshaping our city and 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 whilst on the topic of of the Johannesburg CBD MMC mm -hmm. the, the, you, you, you mentioned that there was some drive where there was a release of properties yes um, talk to us about that because because I, I, you know it, it seems it seems that it's a positive thing yes. on the one hand because we 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 all see and have have witnessed over the years yes. um what has become of the cbd but 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 the unfortunate part is we've also witnessed how um other cities in the world um have managed to rebuild their cities and 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 i have in mind places places like new york where yes. where 
you know, the Brooklyn's were were a no-go area, and everybody now you can't even access them. Yes, mm -hmm. you see the the inner city is the heartbeat of the city as a, as, an, as this particular administration, and uh, we have then developed this project to say we want to rejuvenate the inner city. As the mayor would always say that we want to turn the city into a construction site, mm. because part of our priorities, which is about nine priorities that we have as a city. The other one is to create economic growth that really, that creates jobs by an increase uh, economic growth by uh, by five percent by 2021, and as well to deal with issues of public safety in the in particular in the city. So, all of this uh, works towards what you seek to achieve with releasing this with these buildings because what we then discovered in the inner city in particular, we discovered so many properties that uh, were high, either hijacked or others are bad buildings, and these are hub of criminal activities. Mm -hmm. So we thought that there's a city, let's take this by 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 its horns and uh, really bring on board the public private sector because we definitely were honest with to our, to our residents to say that there's a city do not have enough resources to do all what we seek to achieve. Mm -hmm. So what we have done then through our my, my counterpart colleague in the economic development portfolio, MMC Leonard, through JPC, we then identified properties that as a city we own in this in the in the inner city in particular and maybe we then through the group forensic uh, uh, investigation unit that we have in the city then we also find other hijacked buildings that belong to certain individuals or owners then we went in as a city so it's a two-prone approach so we try to get back these hijacked buildings back to their owners but the condition then we tell them that we can't have these buildings lie ugly so when you give you back this building, come in, develop it, and make it user-friendly, user, user friendly, be it for accommodation, be for any other thing, developments, we, we employ them to do that. So we have seen a lot of uptake in that because mm -hmm. that's why we've been able to release certain buildings back to rightful owners. But as a city as well, with our own buildings, about 500 of them that we've identified, which are bad buildings, it's bizarre to have so many things in the city. So the city contributed to, the, to what we see. You know, it's <laughs> unbelievable. <laughs> So we are saying, this, how do we address these issues? Now we are saying that because we, we are concerned about housing backlog challenges and we are concerned about making the city work. So we said, instead of asking the developers to buy these properties, let's allow them to give them a long-term lease mm. so that they can immediately spend the money in developing, in, re, in, 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 in re, uh, renovations directly so that they don't use, utilize money in buying mm. these properties. So we have found quite we're happy with the response that we're getting thus far yes when we started with a learning curve and it's a it was a struggle here and there but we found our feet that's why i was mentioning earlier about the three properties that have already released in the inner city about one property that i know it's about 45 million injectment that is going to come into that property mm. and this has given so much confidence in the inner city that now we're experiencing so much interest in investment i think you might know that maybe from maboneng up to the way to apsa present we have diversity that is going to invest two billion into into the inner city as well through mixed use uh, uh, facilities your accommodation the schools and everything restaurants whatever to make the city vibrant and one thing that is hard is, is heartwarming to me at the moment you start engaging with the private sector their arm their arms are open and i've asked even jda which is mandate is to do public upgrades 
within the inner city to make it conducive for these developers because they really are prepared to come and assist us. So part and parcel with this building that we are releasing in the inner city talks to issues of accommodation. It's bringing the private sector to say, here is an opportunity, golden opportunity for you to us to come, invest, recoup your money over a, term, a period of lease, and in so doing, you're assisting us as a city, bringing jobs, because that's another critical thing. Mm. We need jobs in the inner mm-hmm. city, in the, in the city, and when we need also to increase the economy activity. Because when you have a, a city as a construction site, you've got so much economic activity, and our, the residents of Johannesburg should benefit out of all these developments that are coming in the inner city. And, and are these opportunities still available for the taking MMC? In other words, has the process closed? Have you released all that you have? Or are you gradually releasing and therefore it is still open for Afropolitans to, to, to take advantage of some of these opportunities? De- definitely. In fact, the mayor's vision is to release at least 100 buildings every, 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 every year, every yeah. financial year. So with, with, with help of council, because you know in the city with our coalition government, everything must go to council. But we're fortunate thus far that the council has allowed us to release these properties as well as talking about student accommodation facility, uh, buildings that we've identified as mm-hmm. well. Mm-hmm. Those are things that are becoming. And we're encouraging our, even our, 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 our new entrants into the market to even come together and be available to tender for this property. So each and every time, every year, these properties are released. So we released some last year. I know that tender is closed for this particular one, but surely we'll be releasing mm-hmm. so many days. So we're asking you know, the uh, Kaya listeners and all run in the city too, because what we are finding is that these are op- economic opportunities for our people. So we're saying that come together as well. These buildings are available for you. So don't wait that as a government will we'll do things for you, but come together as business. Come these buildings and we'll t- JPC, the, the, the custodian of these properties, will assist you on the road to say how do we then get to these buildings. And what we have found, the, we've got what is called an inner city partnership forum, where certain businesses meet in the inner city. And they've made so much opportunities available through your TAF, where they give monies, for developments and the banks that sometimes we were invited, I remember we invited FNB, APSA, they're all on board to lend funding facilities for these properties that are available in the inner city because they've understood the importance of this vision that we have as a city. Once we get these buildings, we're dealing with issues of crime, proper buildings, we're dealing with issues of economy, we're dealing with issues of jobs. So that's why everyone has come on board. In particular, I was so grateful that the private sector, because all along the vision, the, the thinking was that as government must do everything, whereas opportunities are out there. Mm-hmm. As government, let's create these opportunities for our people to take and benefit out of them. You can also give us a call by dialing 86 Let's go to the lines and talk to Patrick from Jobek. Patrick, good evening. Good evening, sir. How are you? I'm well, and yourself? Well, thanks, and good evening to the MEC. Thank you. Good evening as well. Yes, you know, you know. I just want to find out about the the, the, the squatter camp in Princess. You know, uh, I I used to have a, a let me call it a warehouse there, and you know, I was sort of haunted out of that area because of the spider webs. You know, we need to talk about life things that are happening, the actual things that are happening now. Even if you go that near down there, it's so filthy, and the spider webs uh, haunted us of that of, of that building. I'm now actually baiting Chando as a businessman. And it really, you know, for me, it's, it's something that really disturbed me and it's even disturbing me now that, you know, uh, nothing is happening about that area, especially the, uh, the uh, illegal connection in that place. 
So I just wanted to find out from the NEC, what, are the, what is their plan about the Princess Kotaket? So, what, what, so just help, help me understand, by hunted out, what do you mean, just, just you know? You know, you know, as a businessman running a, a business in that area, I think the NEC knows about it. Uh, 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 our, my, my, my distribution uh, box was uh, spread away, that was sort of uh, feeding the, most of the area uh, buildings there. We we uh, they they used to city power used to send the rent and remove those illegals. But two days down the line, again we are off. Every time I had the problem with electricity. Mm. Yes. No. Thanks so much, Patrick. I think uh, just to give a general uh, response to this particular question, because uh, issues I think uh, the, we have seen the effort that we are t- doing as a city to electrify informal settlements because we understand that in the meantime where our people are still staying in particular areas we need to give them basic services service service the needs that are required but we are as a city faced with this so massive illegal connection there are so many informal settlements so many of these quarter camps where people are connecting illegally and that's why we we do our best we've introduced what is called the Teto project mm-hmm. where we go out multiple multidisciplinary uh, departments in the city to go and deal with this but it's not a sustainable solution so what we are trying to do as a city we're saying that that's why we are uh, upgrading or speeding up the issues of electrification if you might have been aware the mayor's i think in this in this beginning of this year has electrified if i'm not mistaken about two informal settlements already just to try and address these issues of informal settlement but other areas where we need the even the province and the national government to come on board because we find that in other land People are placed there as temporary uh, camps uh, which need to be moved into particular other areas. Mm. And we are now delayed about a list because we want to release the a housing list of, of our people, but we want one housing list that is maintained by the city of Johannesburg because now we keep on allocating people in, 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 in the houses. You find that the houses are someone else is staying in those houses. So we can't control those things. So we are pleading as a city of Johannesburg that let's have one list where we can all work on so that when we move people, we are sure that you can check on this on these things but issues of illegal connections yes it is a problem in the in the city but what will assist us is that let's have proper ele- uh, electrification of this informal settlements but this is not a sustainable we need a long-term solutions which is providing housing for 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 people and, and catching up on this particular backlog and uh, you might have seen the china case that had happened when they were reducing our budgets when we were trying to deliver housing by the province so these are dynamics that we all play in the space of which are unfortunate because ultimately the people then start to to then suffer when when we we, we don't focus on issues of proper service delivery that has been plaguing the city all all these years and 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 and, and this appears to to be a sort of a it's a problem that would probably apply beyond what we understand as squatter camps. Um, it's something that certainly does happen even in the CBD. Um, from a law enforcement point of view, can I, you know, can, what are we doing? And is this because I mean I can understand somebody saying I operate a business in this area, but I, I, I and he, he, he used the word sort of hunted out, but it seems it just became impossible to do business in the, in that area. So what's what what are some of the challenges that law enforcement encounters in in this environment i think uh, Le should answer. Mm-hmm. okay um on, on, on law enforcement um mm-hmm. on law enforcement um we 
we make sure that the implementation of the national building regulation is, is, is understood mm -hmm. by everybody who owns the piece of land sure. that uh, one has um, has developed and the land use will definitely make sure that whatever particular building or structure that that is built for a specific purpose is, is, is used in line with the, with the purpose that it has been built. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And uh, if everybody contravenes that, definitely um, we all have to make sure that uh, everything is in line with, with, the, with the law and all council bylaws. And it, 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 it seems, it seems a, a very difficult thing to, to do because, you know, as MMC says, so the squatter camp is there and then say, for example, electricity, well, you, you know, then there are in, in, in immediate term, you need to enforce compliance. Yeah. And then it seems that there's a, a bigger picture that the city also takes to say, well, what does it help that we take a rigid approach to enforcement when, when perhaps we could be helping? So, I, you know, it, 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 do you win, given especially the risk that we understand around illegal connections, particularly for big buildings such as the CB, in the CBD? Um. Look, uh, there are quite a number of departments that are involved and entities mm -hmm. in, in line with, with, with illegality. Mm -hmm. or, or ours purely deals with um, the land use mm -hmm. and, uh, and uh, the, the use of the structure. Sure. And when it comes to, to, to uh, illegal electricity, I think City oh, Power will definitely account on that. And sure. we, as, I, as I've emphasized, the structure is built for a specific purpose mm -hmm. and, uh, uh, and town planning scheme uh, allows them to, to utilize it in line with what we have Spot approved with, uh, within, the, within, BD, uh, within uh, development planning. And um, at the end of the day, it cannot be used uh, for a different purpose. Sure. And, and we make sure that it, 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 it's, it's addressed and it, it, it's emphasized with the owner of that structure. Got you. Let's go back to the lines and talk to Lawrence from Tembisa. Lawrence, good evening. Good evening, Michael, and good evening to your guests. Um, I'm obviously calling from the Akuru Lenin region, and I don't know if um, the principals um, in the various uh, special uh, departments of the different municipalities uh, are, are the same, or, you know, or, or they, they work a similar way. However, um, what I wanted to check was how how long does it take um, for for a special for the special department to to approve um, new developments? Um, I'm asking this because in 2017 I have made an application with the municipality of Ekuruleni for a restaurant from restaurant to restaurant. Mm -hmm. um, a year later, uh, all the other departments had responded. Uh, despite the special planning department. Um, on following up on that application, then I was then told that uh, my plan uh, could not be found, and as a result, the, the city of Okurulene took me to, to court, and now I have to, to pay a settlement amount uh, because I had to, to show them that uh, you know the process has begun in 2017, the delay in the special department. Uh, I'm just so I'm just I'm a bit concerned, you know, that uh, how long does it take actually for a special for the special department to to respond on on, on an application for rezoning basically? Sure, just out of interest, is this for a big development or is this you know one? My one okay, so I'm, so I'm changing. Mm -hmm. Okay, so so I'm changing my. My normal, my normal house yeah. 
um, into into rental units. Right. Yes. So I've made an application. I've submitted proposed plans for gotcha. the new units. Gotcha. Everything that that's required. Yeah. Gotcha. So, so of yeah, course, just, of course, the question wouldn't be Ekuruleni specific because because uh, none of my guests represent Ekuruleni. But I think we can get a general answer. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. Uh, just a general um, answer to the question of the. So, if this were uh, Johannesburg, yeah. correct? Yes, I think the the the, 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 the time frames will be more or less the same in Kuruleni as as it is in Johannesburg. Mm-hmm. Uh, rezoning takes roughly around about 18 months to two years mm-hmm. for a complete application to be assessed and approved. So the process can also be delayed once the, 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 the application attracts objections from the neighborhood against the application because they have an opportunity to object as well. Mm-hmm. And um, so uh, what confuses me about the caller's call is that um, his plans got lost or his application, I'm not sure if mm-hmm. it was the application, but there will be a reference number allocated to the application and, 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 and the file will be tracked by the, the person who's dealing with it before it gets approved by the town planners. Sure. So roughly two years without any objections. Once there's objections, it takes another course of action, which is a tribunal, and all the objectors then have a say in, in how the, the application is 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 either uh, uh, affecting the neighborhood and how they can come together and resolve the the, the necessary objection sure so that will be a longer process but the clean saying obje- uh, normal rezoning application should take between 18 months and two years all right i want us to take a break and when we come back we're going to have Less than 20 minutes remaining. So so I will take your call, Dineo, uh, uh, Kanya, as well as Sipo. But if you want to, if you have a question for the MMC or any of my guests, make sure to give us a ring. It doesn't help you to phone us two minutes before 8 o'clock. We won't be able to deal with your question. So start dialing now. The number is 86 We're back after this. Know your rights. Know the law. The Law Report with Michael Matuning Bill. Welcome back. We continue our discussion talking about property and um, the development of your city. That's the city of Johannesburg and helping me to understand some of the developments in this regard. Our MMC for Development Planning, uh, Councillor Ruben Masango, as well as um, Heather Trumbull, um, uh, Joseph Hadelt, as well as Lebutu Masuya, all from the MMC um, office. And uh, we do con- uh, take, uh, continue taking your calls. The number to dial is 086 I'm going to go straight to the lines and I want to talk to Kanya. Kanya, good evening. Yes, good evening. Yes, uh, I just wanted to ask your, your guests um, um, would you say that uh, converting the, the inner city dilapidated buildings into private parking facilities? Uh, would that be part of uh, the inner city's vision? Okay. For private parking, you mean like like what? Like, like uh, for for private parking for your vehicles, because uh, there's like an increasing demand for private parking now in the inner city. Right. So you mean like space that was otherwise used for a building, then being used for parking to accommodate more cars, as opposed to and and and, and the car to support the building structures around. Is that what you mean? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Yes. Thanks. Thanks, Kanya. 
I think, as I mentioned earlier, that there's various uh, categories of what we seek to achieve in the inner city. As much as, as, as I was talking of densification, if we bring people in, in town, yes, uh, for private developers might see an opportunity to deal with uh, uh, parking spaces. Uh, I've seen a lot of them taking shape in the inner city, which is something that I would welcome because uh, uh, we need... Uh, when you bring so many people in the city, we, of course, issues of parking are a big problem in the city. But the, the, the properties that we own as a city, they are mainly for us to release them for affordable accommodation, for for um, uh, artisan training institutions. So we're not necessarily raising them just for, for, for parking facilities, but uh, private developers will, will not stop them if they see the need uh, that to bring uh, private uh, parking in the inner city. Because you can, you can take note, even in the many buildings in the city, uh, they do have their own parking. That's not even enough. So it's, it's, it's a welcome opportunity if they, they, they see the need for such. Let's take another call, uh, Sipo from Boxburg. Good evening. Hello, Sipo. Okay, welcome back to Sipo. Let's go to Dineo from Joburg. Hello. Hi. Uh, my question is directed to the MNC as a concerned matric student. I actually have two questions. Um, what is the city's policy to deal with the numerous buildings being occupied by illegal immigrants? And does the Metro Center in Bronfenstein comply with all regulations? Okay. Thank you, Tineo. A very important question. Uh, charity begins at home. I'll start with the last question when you talk of Metro Center complying with all the requirements. The mayor recently has instructed us as a city, in particular my department, uh, working with other departments to ensure that all city buildings are compliant. Uh, you know, know what had happened to the Lisbon building mm-hmm. and when our uh, sudden mm-hmm. unfortunate our firefighters lost their lives. Mm-hmm. So we've taken a decision as a city to really look into all our buildings and uh, once we have done that process and uh, the report uh, will come out and uh, if needs uh, corrective measures, we'll do the necessary corrective measures. We've identified various properties here yes, in the city that are not compliant and uh, uh, we have given opportunities for people to do to do the necessary things and uh, to make sure that they are compliant. And they might notice that even in the metro center, there's so much renovations going on to make this property user friendly and to have it uh, more compliant. So that's a process that is ongoing. Uh, the issue of illegal immigrants is a big concern that we have as a city. I know that there is been uh, this particular administration with the leadership of the mayor. We have said that. Uh, all we require is to have people that come in this city of ours that are known and documented. Because the challenge that we find ourselves faced with is that we, it's difficult for us to plan. Because as a city, we plan for about 5 million people, but there are the others, these people that are using our facilities that we do not know of. And as I was mentioning, that they stay in this center and some of these bad buildings that are there. And some of them maybe are also involved in this hijacking of these buildings that were found in many a times. But uh, we are our position is that let them come into the country uh, legally and let, let us know about them so that when we plan in terms of our budget we know who's here in the country that's important for us as a city tabo from soweto hello hello sir how are you well tabo how are you i'm um, well thank you um uh, good evening uh mnc good evening tabo. um my question 
is around the outdoor advertising. And speaking of um, outdoor advertising, I know most sites in the city are owned by a French company. I think the name is JC Deco, if I'm correct. Mm-hmm. Yes. And um, my worry is that this is a multi-billion industry, and I believe it can benefit our youth. Yes. And our youth don't know much about the outdoor advertising space. And we have a, a company from from France owning majority of the sites in, in Johannesburg. What I would like to know from the MNC and the team is, what is it that the city is doing to make sure that the local players in that space, especially the youth, yes. that's one. And um, my last question, my second and last question is that uh, uh, we are we specialize in education. We are educational. And we are um, specialists in the field of real estate. And in that case, one would like to know what is it that uh, one can do or how do we go about assisting the city or your office, MNC, to partner with you in driving a campaign that would look at educating and uh, mentoring and coaching our youth uh, so that they can know what to do in that space of um, uh, inner city development in particular and also the general development of the city of Joburg. Okay. Thank you so much, Tabo, for that, for those questions. I think you might be aware that the city was working on an outdoor advertising bylaw of 2009, and we have realized the of the, the challenges or the, the, the gaps that have been there and the space that the people are playing in there that has been dominant about one particular group of companies or one big player. So we as a city, as I'm saying, that we have been developing all of these policies to try and address certain things. So we've got a bylaw that uh, we thought that will by now it will come into effect. But uh, unfortunately, we've been challenged. Uh, we've been in, we're in court uh, dealing with the, those challenges that are there. But we have allowed uh, for in the meantime, put other measures to say, how then do we deal with the, the advertising space? In the meantime, while we are still in court, but uh, using yes, they, 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 they were still using the 2009 bylaw, which is uh, has challenges for us because uh, it allows more of illegalities. You know, people come and put this plug and they own that space in such a way that if time comes for them to move away with their things, they will refuse. And as a city, must then take the long route and go to court, which is very costly and unnecessary. So this by new powers will assist us. And it, it will also assist bringing in new interests because that's what we are, we are, we are eager about. Let, let the space be shared by everyone as they are talking of youth, about local uh, uh, entrepreneurs that want to play in this space. We are doing our best to, to have them. But what we also have, uh, maybe just also to deal with this issue of the of the education and the real mentoring, uh, we've got what is called opportunity centers in the city. Previously, they were called uh, hubs. So we've said it's an opportunity center because they encompasses a lot of things. Talking rightly to the mentoring aspect of it, we've got partners in that. And as it's led by uh, my colleague again, MMC Nord for Economic Development. So Tabo is free to engage with us if they can come to our offices at 10th floor. We can direct them to, 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 the, to the relevant uh, MMC 
through economic development because that's a space that they can play so that they can partner with our opportunity centers because that's where we want the youth to go there to go to learn we assist them in business so that they have strong businesses to run so we invite them to 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 be in contact with us or to go to one of our opportunity centers but uh, i'm willing to to facilitate that they have a meeting with the department of economic development on that particular score I, I, I was quite interested by one of Sipo's questions when yeah. he's asking about how we encourage and enable, because I think encouraging is one thing, but enabling yeah. um, new entrants w- 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 yeah. who invariably would have to be black and would help if they youth, um, etc. What are we doing? I, I got that you 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 know, or, or, or perhaps you you did say you're doing something, but I didn't understand how you're doing it. In yes. other words, what are the provisions in the bylaws that deal with that, and how what do they provide for? You see, the because as I was saying that the space, so we want to take kind of back control of mm-hmm. this industry to us because all along it's been in the hands of the of the player of the of the industry sure, itself sure so we are saying as a city now one we 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 allow because we do an application through to the city for us for you to get that particular space so if we control the 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 time frames the contracts that are, are allowed mm-hmm. it allows new entrances because what we've been finding is that right. these old entra- players have so it's more in this by recycling them so they there aren't, there aren't any special provisions that say if you're going to ask for an application to advertise here your company has to meet these be credentials there, there isn't anything like that there, there will not be mm-hmm. then that's why we've got what is called the opportunity centers uh-huh. where then we'll go and mentor this uh, new entrance help so them. that help them and then mm-hmm. give them the processes of the city how then do you come into this place i know of a young lady that has been also trying his best and i've also been involved in the department to so to ensure that that process moves uh, in a way that she gets the necessary assistance for as a, as a young black woman that is involved in the outdoor advertising she's been having challenges uh, getting her things uh, dealt with within the department we've been as an office as as, as, as an office uh, myself involved as well to say how do we assist here to get through in this in the in the, in, the, in, the, in this in this space of, of of outdoor advertisement which has predominantly has not been known mm. so that's why maybe we, we 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 have to open it and direct our people to say that there is this opportunity but also go to the opportunity centers where you can explain even more about this uh, opportunity that they in the city indeed can i can i bring um, you in heather and and, and talk about plans um, you, you know, so building plans. If I want to erect a building, I'd have to bring it to you. How, how long does that process take? And and do you have provisions where somebody who submitted a plan can build in the meantime? Um, when you submit a building plan, um, it's legislated that we have thirty days to look at the plan, mm-hmm. um, or to give a an a, a, either a refusal mm-hmm. or an approval. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, but generally, we find that if your plan is generally very good you could get your approval within two weeks. Okay. Um, it's, it's not a lengthy process um, because if all your town planning rights are in place and you've done all due diligence, so you've got the relevant professionals that are come in and they actually look at the plan and they will go through, so you will have your registered architectural professional, you'll have your, if needs be, a registered engineer, and they would make certain that the plan complies with national building regulations because mm-hmm. we work within the the national building regulations. If everything's in place, there is no reason for us to refuse the plan, and so we would then um, 
approve the building plan and then the plan then gets referred to the building inspectors who then will check to see that there is compliance. Um, if you start building before you got an approval, um, I always tell people it's actually uh, that's not a good place to be because it's cheaper to move a line on a drawing than it is to knock down a wall. Um, so if you've built and you find that you've built over a servitude or you've built over some power lines, that that is an issue. So when you just look at your design um, and if the design complies, we, we are happy because we're looking for compliance. Mm-hmm. And, 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 and just on the, on, on, on the topic of, of, of engineers, I know that building uh, shipping containers are becoming something of a, of a norm worldwide. Yes, uh, yes. Um, if I just want to put building containers, do I need to submit it to you for, for approval? Yes, you would need to submit it because it's considered an alternate building method. Mm-hmm. Um, there are certain standards that are required, so you would need to make certain that it complies with fire standards. You would mm-hmm. need to comply with water penetration. You need to be able to comply with structural stability. Um, and you'll need to comply with what they call an R value, which means that it's insulated so it doesn't become a hot box or ice cold in the winter. So you've got to have certain insulation within the, the framework, um, and that's in terms of the energy regulations, in terms of national born regulations. Mm-hmm. So if you comply with all of those um, regulations, um, we're happy to give you an approval in, in terms of containers. And in fact, we have a number of developments that have been built in shipping containers and they get built quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, there certainly has been, certainly in Windsor, there was a, a three-story container that was built in three months. Yes, um, and I know one in Melville as well. Melville, and mm-hmm. there's one in, in, um, in Bromfontein. So there's a number of them around. There's also, we've also got straw bale houses that have been built in What Melville. houses? Straw bale. Straw bale. Yes. Right. So grass. Grass. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, and but we've been doing that for years, for centuries. But, <laughs> <laughs> but the thing is, like, often people believe that, that national building regulation stipulates that you need to build in brick and mortar. Mm-hmm. And in fact, the, the reality is, is that national building regulations stipulates a standard. So in other words, the, has it got a fireproof? Yeah. Is, it, is it water penetration? Has it got structural strength? Does a roof fit onto it? If those comply we don't mind what material you're building sure so it's and and it makes it exciting for architects um, developers that they can use any type of development any type of material Mm. because we can have timber we can have steel we can have um, brick straw sod and 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 so 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 the biggest speaking of straw and this is just a closing note because we have run out of time the biggest straw development in the world was in, in, in the documentary I watched in the UK. And I was thinking to myself, but Africa, this is how we've been building for years. Absolutely. And I, we've just sort of stuck to the thatch roofs, but we didn't do the whole structure. So an interesting one. But, but let me thank you, uh, MMC, thank you so much for, for coming out. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much, Michael. Just the last one, I know that we're running out of time. Just to plead with our people and our developers to please, we are open. Let's do our best to comply because mm-hmm. that's what we want as a city. If you comply, you work well with the city. And I know that even the, my ED, the executive director, we talk of customer centric. That's what we are working towards. So if you comply, you assist us to be focused on how we deliver better for you. For sure. But we are battling with our developers, with our residents on non-compliance issues. So that's my plea from the city to say that can our developers, can our residents 
come to us if they need some anything any assistance we are available because then it helps us to develop this customer centric uh, uh, thinking that we want as a, as, as a department that's a parting shot from uh, councillor masango he's the mmc for development planning thank you so much sir for coming through and uh, as well as uh, miss heather trumbull uh, mr joseph Hedelt, as well as Ndadeleboto Musua. thank you very much for joining me this evening and and especially to you the afropolitan thank you for joining us i trust that you've been enlightened and i look forward to being with you again next week good night Rewinding. Rewinding Kaya FM on FM Rewind. Visit kayafm.co.za for more.